Hi, I'm Janet Harrison, founder of the People's Choice Wine Awards, and this is Open Up and Pour, a podcast about folk who are enthusiastic about wine and who know a good thing when they taste it. Well, next July, I will hold my call down Vauxhall Pleasure Garden. When my swimming pool's filled up with pot, I will float among the gardens. We're recording this episode during lockdown. And I'm talking over video conferencing, uh, Zoom to be precise, to Bonnie Young, marketing director from the famous family-run Yangtzeing in Manchester, the restaurant, and Gary Louis from Reserve Wines, a fantastic uh, independent wine merchant in the Northwest. And I'm dying to know, because you've obviously got the opportunity to have whatever you want, uh, what you've chosen to drink, Bonnie. What are you drinking tonight? Um, so I am drinking a Gewurztraminer, um, Alsatian Gewurztraminer, very um, aromatic. Um, it's a great pairing with Asian food, um, so perfect for um, Yangtzeing cuisine. Brilliant. Um, and it's lots of light cheese, honey, rose, um, quite rich. Um, but also really summery as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good choice. What about you, Gary? Uh, I've gone for a Portuguese rosé. Um, it's from the Douro region, produced by um, a cooperative of 15 uh, family-run estates. Um, picked it because on a lovely summer day like today, is it's just perfect. It's ideal. Really yeah. light, dry, fruity. I know, it's fabulous. Well, I, I've actually got a glass of the uh, dry ferment. So this was from oh. the case. <laughs> Still have some life, would you believe? Um, <laughs> this was from the case of wine I actually ordered with my Yangtzeing takeaway on Saturday, which Brilliant. was very exciting. It was the most exciting thing that's happened for weeks, um, which is very nice. And very floral again. I mean, you would almost think it's going to be sweet. I know you can't, you know, can't tell that till you try it. But you know, it's just bursting full of uh, really fantastic aromatics. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I like dry ferment. I think it's great. But obviously, it went great with your with your food with the takeaway that we had. Oh, so cheers, everyone. Cheers. cheers. Okay, so just to start with you, Bonnie, um, obviously the Yangtzeing, very famous. I mean, obviously I live in Manchester, but it is an iconic Manchester restaurant right in the heart of Chinatown. And it's been, uh, still is, a family-run business for over 40 years, I understand. And to give people a bit of context, we actually hold the judging uh, sessions for the People's Choice Wine Awards at the restaurant, uh, not obviously in the restaurant itself, but in the restaurant space in the building. Uh, and normally, um, very busy, I would think, open from 12 o'clock every day under normal circumstances. Uh, very famous Cantonese food, uh, amazing dim sum, which again I had on on Saturday. Um, so, what what's it like for you working or having worked in the family business? Um, and is is your is it is your father the chef? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, my father is Harry, who is the um, um, he's sort of really his specialty is the produce. Um, the production, um, the creative director, as it were, um, of the business. Um, so he has with that a creative temperament, obviously. Um, so that 
is um, that's his side of the business. It started out my grandfather set up in seventy seven. My father um, started with him as as his apprentice under study, um, and then other members of the family joined the business thereafter. And and um, yeah, the rest of the say is history. And we're in our forty third year this year, I think forty third. Yeah, fantastic. And you're still here despite everything that's going yeah. on at the moment. Fingers crossed when lockdown lifts, we will be throwing open our doors and welcoming everyone back. Um, I'm very excited. Um, I'm really taking the opportunity to take stock, think about direction, and it just slows things down significantly. Um, we're not so much in hospitality and food and drink is, is customer led and your focus is often about um, your customer and not having and not being able to interact with your customer during lockdown um, because you're only doing takeaway or sort of not seeing people face to face just enables you um, that little bit of time to think, right, OK, what 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 am I doing? What changes can we make? What improvements can we make to the business? Um, how can we make the business move in a direction or evolve with, you know, the future of lockdown um, at the moment where we, I don't think anybody knows um, how it will look um, or how eating out will look certainly um, in the coming months but um, it, it means it's given us an opportunity to really think about um, how we move forward. Lockdown aside has it does it create its own challenges uh, working with your family? <laughs> That's a leading question isn't it? <laughs> I think um, there's rewards and challenges um, as, as with any family, there's ups and downs. We have a lot of creative temperaments in my family, as, as I'm sure Gary will tell you. Um, yeah. So we have um, lots of personalities as well, which I think in food and drink and hospitality, you tend to, because it's these personalities that are effusive, warm, and, and really people-driven, that are often those kind of characters. And it makes it all the more interesting and enjoyable and rewarding. So I think I think there's positives to take from it. There's also the flexibility of, of working with your family and say, look, dad, my childcare has fallen through. I can't get to work. Mm. Cover me, you know, and, and normally doesn't put me through a disciplinary process when that happens <laughs> for the fourth time in the week. That's um, very handy. But you, yeah. you've, done a, you've done a lot of work on, I know when we were chatting before, you've done a lot of work on the uh, actual wine list at the yeah. restaurant. I mean, it's an amazing wine list. It really is. And, and the lengths that you've gone to to sort of match the different dishes with the different wines. I mean, it's, you know, it's not your average uh, wine list. W when did you do all that? What, was, what prompted you to do all um, that? So when I joined the business, we has a reputation for a lot of old world wines, big, big French, big Italian wines. And I, as a, as a consumer, it didn't appeal to me as much as a, as a younger person or a younger woman joining the business. When I looked through the wine list uh, one lunchtime, there was nothing that really jumped out at me. Yeah, and, and some of the flavours, and they weren't as appealing for me personally. So I really... I couldn't wait to get my hands on the wine list um, and I also couldn't wait to really sort of try a whole load of wines. I had loads of ideas about what we wanted to do. I had to tread carefully, not tread on anyone's toes because, you know, that wine list has evolved over many, many years with our customers in mind. But I did take a bit of, um, a bit of, a bit of an axe to it and, and ripped, whole, ripped it all apart and started again. Um, so there are very, there are only a number of wines that are, 
constant have been constant the Gewurz Tramiel which I'm drinking now is one of those that has reappeared decade after decade because it is such a stellar wine um for me it was really important for um the food and the wine to be equal partners to to be a marriage and, and really have that equilibrium in in the relationship and not have one that dominates the other what was also really important for me as a woman in a family business where all the all my forebears were all men um it was really important for me to sort of shine a light on on us ladies so i i really wanted to focus on female winemakers so we really highlight female winemakers wherever possible and we also spotlight things like organic biodynamic the vegan wines which we've got a really good selection of what I find sometimes with the female winemakers, what they do do is they have a lot of empathy with their customers and they really think about our end user and, and their wine doesn't dominate in the same way that say some other wines might. So they're, they're sort of really, their expressions in the wine are much more empathetic. It's a good word. Yes. <laughs> so, Gary, uh, what I haven't mentioned so far is that uh, you two are cousins, that's right, isn't mm. it? We are indeed. Um, two days apart, Bonnie's two days older than me. Ah. So what a fantastic cousin to have. <laughs> both of you. Well. I mean that to both of you. <laughs> so so what, what used to happen, Gary? Did you, you two used to sneak on half and have a, a naughty glass of wine somewhere or swap notes on wine? How? Well, it's, it's strange because I never used to be, um, I never used to be into wine. I, as, as a teenager growing up, I, predominantly drank beer and spirits um my parents have owned restaurants as well and my dad my mum and dad have always drank wine and every time they try and encourage me to to taste it which i did from occasion but my reaction was always the same eh, I'm not really too fussed about it i'd rather drink beer or or a vodka and coke or something something a little bit sweeter and my dad's response was always the same don't worry gary when you get older, you'll learn to appreciate wine. And he was right. He was dead right. Was there a particular wine where you thought, wow, this has really changed my mind about wine? Or was it not as obvious as I, that? I don't think it was as obvious as that. I think my interest in wine started when I was working for the Albert Square Chop House. The acting restaurant manager at the time was a sommelier. And he was very focused on wine service being perfect and uh, he provided us with a lot of wine training as well which was great because obviously the emphasis was on wine and food pairing which ties in very very nicely with what bonnie's been saying about how she's constructed her wine list and that the emphasis is on wine and food pairing as well so i guess that's that's where i you know took an interest to wine and um, then on the job after that where i was a restaurant manager decided to take some WSCT qualifications and yeah now I find myself working for a wine company yeah the rest is history as they say I know well I've got an in, uh, vested interest here because I, I used to actually own the house opposite Reserve Wine in Didsbury so <laughs> at the, at the <laughs> on Burton Road at the time it opened I was thinking oh this is brilliant uh, 
<laughs> and also disastrous for my liver at the same time. But yeah, I used to nip over and get a bottle of wine and, you know, I'd drink it and then I'd, I'd like stick my thumbs up or down. It was always up, I have to say, yeah. through the window to whoever had sold me uh, the wine in the shop. And obviously it was, it was very much Kate uh, at first. It was Kate Goodman yeah. who uh, started the company. But now Reserve have got, what, five different sites yeah that's right five different sites yeah but uh i i manage the shop in in didsbury which is the original invest if i dare say so myself um, <laughs> of course then we, we've got alteringham market we've got mackie in the city center we've got bent's garden center over in warrington glazebury way and we've also got uh, picture drum in macclesfield so that was very new obviously it's very new isn't it but um yeah, it is still anyway. very new. Yeah, definitely. And obviously with coronavirus, all the hospitality bar sites, Mackie Mayer, Altering Market, Picture Drome, they've all had to close down completely. Um, Altering Market are still doing little bits in the outdoor market space. Uh, Bent's Garden Centre, primarily, it was only the food hall that was uh, allowed to stay open, but as lockdown has eased, They've opened up the rest of the garden center. And um, for myself in Didsbury, the shop, we could have stayed open as a uh, retail space and an off license effectively. Um, but Kate, she didn't feel that it was a comfortable environment with it being such a small confined space that it was safe enough for myself and my team or for customers alike to be operating in that space. So we focused on online deliveries. And that seems to go very well or still Extremely going very well. well. Yeah. yeah, still going very, very well. Um, we did want to develop the website uh, prior to all this coronavirus uh, stuff. It was on the cards. We were planning to have all things changed, but to, to change them gradually. Uh, so I think for those of us who are still working for Reserve Wines currently, as everybody else is furloughed, we've embraced these changes um, we've had to adapt very, very quickly, as have many other companies, from a customer-facing focus to an online focus. But I think that has quite clearly and quickly highlighted the inefficiencies of some of our processes. So, as I say, we've just had to adapt incredibly quickly. And, you know, hopefully we're still going to be here in a few months' time, a year's time, when, when all of this is over. So my colleagues have a company to come back to work for. Mm, absolutely what about you bonnie i mean obviously you touched on the um the fact that you're doing takeaways etc do you do you think that there will be anything that you're doing now that will remain in place when when you eventually reopen or is it just not appropriate i would i would echo some of the comments that gary's made about systems and processes what we found we've tried to maintain but also streamline the bits that we really enjoyed about our industry and our jobs. I think if there's no enjoyment, there's no point doing it. Uh, for me, it's so rewarding being able to speak to people. And I was really keen to try and sustain that familial environment, that per interpersonal connection, as it were. And I know what we have the likes of, say, delivery, the online delivering platforms. And it just sometimes it's so soul destroying to just not be able to speak to somebody um, and interact and say, gosh, you know, 
what you've ordered is uh, no we don't it's it's really off-piste and it's quite a challenging dish and being able to have that relationship and that conversation with the customer to best advise it maybe try this or recommend this um so yeah we really missed that and so what we did um very quickly is to move actually in the opposite direction and move offline almost and do our own home deliveries on whatsapp so that meant that we could maintain that one-to-one relationship and have that dialogue with um, people and that was so when we first did it I was so excited to speak to somebody on whatsapp and talk to them about food and I just and I was conscious that I was I was just texting on and on and on about this great flavor and these great dishes and so I had to really drill down on that and, and, and pull myself back um, but it was just really lovely to able to have that interaction so that's probably something we will maintain we found that we've had a really good reception that Yang Sing have some absolutely fantastic long-standing supporters that have been amazing we flown the flag for Yang Sing I think we have one gent who orders without fail every single week from us and always you know listens to our recommendations like try this or try that and it's just brilliant to yeah to really just have those conversations yeah. with people really miss that table side interaction and my worry is that as distancing is something that becomes the norm that we'll lose that and that's Mm. that's really the lifeblood and the heart and soul of hospitality and food and drink and the industry yeah I mean it was really lovely actually because so obviously I did the order at the weekend and I um I was on whatsapp with Simona yes it was really lovely and you know, it was a it was a very personal service. It was lovely. You know, she uh, and I think it was something I ordered, and she said, "Oh, we normally have that on our menu, but we don't have it today." So she gave me an alternative as a suggestion. So you did actually feel that it was a personal service. You know, you weren't yeah. just uh, getting it from Deliveroo. And I know when I, I've ordered a case of wine from Reserve, I got a little note in there which had. You know, well, same for you uh, for for the Yang Sing. Actually, both had notes on them saying, "Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it." And the one from Reserve had Kate's name on it and a little heart. And you know, I just thought, how fantastic is that? You know, it's obviously it's it. You you feel like it is still a personal service, is what I'm trying to say, which which is very valuable, isn't it? And particularly whilst you wanting to make sure that your customers are going to come back. I think that's vital because in addition to what Bonnie said about maintaining that customer focus and that personal service, Kate did want to concentrate on being able to stay in contact with customers. So not only were we doing the online website side of orders, which my colleagues were fulfilling, she tasked me with managing all the customer service side of things in terms of taking orders through email, through telephone, through social media. And a lot of that process did require me to dig a little deeper and almost fulfill my role as if I was in the shop by asking customers, oh, so what kind of things do you like? What kind of things do you not like? How much do you want to spend? How many bottles do you want to buy? So it was that inquisitive nature that um, keeps that personal side of things going not just customers going to the website to to place an order and then it it arrives on your doorstep suddenly yeah that's lovely we've just been we've got um, unfortunately people can't see but there's a child appeared here who's just had a little dummy put in (laughs) its mouth so who's this 
This is our um, other podcast interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> Too young for a glass of wine by the looks of it. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> special guest, Alex. Uh, say hi, Uncle Gary. He is. Uh, he will be fourth generation Yangtzean if oh. another time comes. He's very cute. <laughs> Very cute indeed. <laughs> so a uh, uh, question probably for both of you, but I'll start with you, Gary. Do you think that people's drinking habits have changed or not really? It's, that's an interesting question because I've I've been speaking to a few more people. As I say, I was looking after the telephone and email side of, uh, of orders. And it's been a mixed response from the people I've been speaking to. On one side, you've got those who can't go out to drink, so they would happily drink more indoors because obviously they're stuck indoors. Uh, whereas the other side of people are those who are social drinkers. They, they only drink when they go out. And with everything shut, they're not going out, so they're not drinking. Mm. So it's, it, there are two sides of the coin, which from my own experience of speaking to people, it seems balanced that not everybody is becoming a raging alcoholic stuck indoors. <laughs> Getting hammered. You know, tearing their hair out kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. if, if I'm to say from my own point of view, I've been ha having an odd glass here or there every other day, which no, I I've, wouldn't normally do. No, I, I've definitely been drinking more. But Bonnie, so you, you're, not, you're doing cases of wine. What, did you do that right from the beginning or is that like a new thing that you started to do? That was actually something that we did right from the beginning on request for an absolutely brilliant family friend and long, long, long standing customer who wanted some very special wines and wanted a case of them. So we actually delivered to them this really special case of wines. And we thought, okay, well, if, if this person's going to want more, people will want it. And we found as we, as we fed back on WhatsApp, oh, by the way, we've got this as well in case you're interested that there was real appetite for it um we have people who order in the mixed selection like you did yourself um six wines for 50 pounds and that that's a bit of um, a pick and mix and i have tasted all our wines and they're all absolutely been all wines that uh, you know i would have with our food myself and then we've done we've had people who've ordered just six of the same wine because we have one lady who ordered six of the blanc de pack and then ordered another six of exactly the same in the following week. So this is, this is a, an absolutely stunning, organic, biodynamic, vegan wine made in the Panedas by um, two ladies called Maria and Maria. And, um, and it's, a, it's a stellar wine. Um, and she was so just enamoured with it that it was multiple cases of the same wine. Oh, wow. I must look out for that. But obviously, I'll, I'll be putting links to where people can buy wines and food, you know, on the, the bio for the podcast, etc. Obviously, cause that's the whole point, really, that people should be supporting you guys whilst uh, things are pretty tough. Do you, Hannah? I know I hate it when people ask me this question. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to ask you what your favourite wine is, but do you have a preference for a wine region or a country, even if that's too difficult? What about you, Gary? Do you have a go-to um, area or? I know it's a horrible question. I like to yeah, ask. I get asked. I get asked it a lot all actually, the time from from, from all our customers, and my standard response is, off, more often than not, it, it depends on. A lot of factors my mood the weather my company food 
as I say, at the moment, because it's such beautiful weather outside, I, I went out for a walk this afternoon, uh, came back, and I just thought I need something really refreshing. So that's why I picked up a, a bottle of uh, Portuguese rosé that I had in the fridge, nicely chilled, and thought, you know what, this is this is going to tick all the boxes. Yeah. What about you, Bonnie? Do you have any, not a favourite wine necessarily, but do you have like a go-to area or country? I don't. It is, like Gary, it it depends entirely for me on what I'm eating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so it would depend entirely on what I'm eating. Um, We find that, um, and I think a lot of people will agree that with Asian food, whites are probably predominant white wines are, are a, a, um, a strong pairing but with the right reds as well there also there is also some really fruity reds that will stand up to the strong flavors the spice in um, Asian cuisine I cook a lot of Asian food at home Asian style um, sort of family recipes like things that my mum has done and um, so often for me at the end of the day particularly in weather like this it'll be a lovely cold white yeah Somebody's enjoying a drink and it isn't in the alcoholic variety. <laughs> <laughs> Just wish people could see this. It's brilliant. <laughs> I suspect that with most people, that this is the same. This is the working from home. I've had so many calls where I've been on a call or a Zoom session. And, you know, I don't know if you remember seeing the, um, there was somebody on a, a BBC interview yeah. and his child came in in the background and it was like, <gasps> but this is, this is, life for everybody now Um, we had a zoom session with um an organization called china forums there's you know a number of people in the call and the um, person hosting had to stop the call for a second say hang on everybody turned around to his son who's very young and said daddy's just on a call (laughs) (laughs) i know well i i've i've managed to rearrange i've got a very well i'm in the spare room at home and I, I hadn't thought about it, but I've been Zooming a few people and my desk was turned the other way around. And you could just see a quite miserable looking spare bed in the background. And I had a quite an important meeting on Zoom the other week and somebody suggested that I might want to not have the bed in the background. <laughs> so I've created this little set behind me. Yeah, yeah. I could hardly move, but it looks a little bit better than, uh, than the, the dreary old bed. But, um, we yeah. didn't know Janet. we didn't know no anything. i know i know gary's gone sensible and gone with the white wall yeah well, i'm in my bedroom as well oh yeah well, <laughs> well the, it, the bizarrely the person i actually uh it was an editor of a magazine the person i actually had the zoom call with was in her bedroom just like you know the back of her was the wardrobes but uh but anyway, she appreciated the the scene setting. But um, it's been so lovely to speak to you both and having the well very welcome interruption. And honestly, seriously, good luck to both of you. I think you're just Thank doing you. some really fantastic work. Um, you know, you're still out there uh, connecting with uh, your customers, and you know, um, let's hope we can all get together and have a glass of wine when this is all over perhaps face to face um, can't wait but I know that will be amazing thank yeah. you so much take care of yourself and I'll hopefully see you very soon thank you okay, thanks thank Gary you, thanks Bonnie <laughs> bye bye thanks for listening if you like the podcast please subscribe in your podcast app and leave us a review Open Up and Pour is a Dap Dip production. 
Thanks to the original Rabbit Foot Spasm Band for the theme music. And for more information about the People's Choice Wine Awards, go to peopleschoicewineawards.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Oh